in Howell, New Jersey, uh, where Rinpoche used to teach. Every, whenever we have, we had a, I guess, the best word is like a service where the practitioners would come together and they would do this ritual together. And there was one person designated to lead the ritual, well, which was really chanting, to lead the chanting. And uh, every once in a while he would make a mistake. He would go in the wrong direction or he would uh, stop too long or go too fast. And someone else would try to sort of jump and make the correction. And Rinpoche would say, wait a minute, he's the one leading. You have to do what he, you have to do what he says. Okay. So I sort of uh, got into this habit. Whenever someone is designated to be the leader, whatever they're inspired to do, that's what you're supposed to get and just follow. And of course your mind is going to do different things. Wait a minute. He's not doing it the way Rinpoche said he was to do it. This is the part where you're supposed to say this part. How come you're saying that part? So maybe you're supposed to recognize that. <laughs> the thing is just follow. Okay. So we were led to a meditation. We're very simple. Very simple object. Very simple thing to do. And yet, I'm wondering, I was wondering what complications was going on in your mind with a very simple meditation. <laughs> So I don't know exactly what state of mind that you are brought into that you're supposed to keep right now. <laughs> but it was supposed to be a good, good place if you just follow the breath. Keep that good intention in, in there while you're following the breath. Eventually you will find yourself in a state where you're receptive. So I hope that's where you are right now. In a receptive state. Um, How many people here have meditated on uh, emptiness? Okay. How many of you have seen emptiness? How could you be meditating on it when you, when you haven't seen it? You can only meditate on what, you, what you're seeing with your mind. So, how many of you have meditated on emptiness? <laughs> so what were you doing that you were calling meditating on emptiness? What were you doing? Trying to find it? Yeah. Trying to figure it out? Trying to understand it? When you're, when you're doing meditation on emptiness, meditation on emptiness especially right now from 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 the uh, from the state you are right now from the background from your from your with the background that you have right now uh, 
Let me begin this way instead. Remember what I said last time? If, if, if that was the only thing you got last time, then you're safe. What are you doing? What are you, you're supposed to discipline the mind, remember? After you discipline the mind, what you're supposed to do with it? Get the fire. And what do you do with the fire? <laughs> okay. So that was somewhat speaking in, in metaphor, right? What's the fire? Everybody knows what the fire is, right? What's the fire that you're supposed to get? Okay. You could say it. Wisdom. Okay. <laughs> you're supposed to get wisdom. But, but how do you get wisdom? You can only get it with a disciplined mind. What does that mean, a disciplined mind? It means a mind that is yours to command. When you direct your attention somewhere, it stays there. And how does it stay there? It stays there vividly, clearly, and with a clear discernment on what it is staying on. Okay? So when the mind is able, when you're able to bring your attention that way and it stays there until, until you tell it to move somewhere else. It doesn't say, you know, it doesn't go over there with two seconds and say, I don't, I don't like this. Okay, if you want to stay there, you stay there. I'm, I'm going to uh, the ice cream refrigerator. Okay. And after that, I'm going to uh, making plans for what I'm going to eat for dinner. After that, I'm going to think about that guy who said this and that girl who said that. And if you want to stay on that object, you stay on that object. And you come on, mind, come back here. And, that, and that's what we, we end up doing. Pulling the mind back. Okay, please stay here, please stay here. And the mind goes away. And we can't seem to entice the mind to stay. So the disciplining is the art of learning to make the mind stay where you want the mind to stay. And eventually, once you've, uh, when you're able to make the mind stay where you want it to stay, not just for a second, but for as long as you want, and the mind stays there, always interested. Like the very first moment that when, when somehow there was some sort of interest in that object, that actually attracted the mind, the mind stays with that interest, with that sense of interest, interested in the object. And it stays there that way for as long as the mind is there. The interest doesn't go down, 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 and eventually the mind is you know, twiddling its tongue. When is this guy going to leave? This stuff is boring. I don't want to stay anymore. The mind stays there completely interested in it, and clearly. And the object is appearing clearly to the mind. So once you've achieve that state, you're not meditating yet. <laughs> Once you achieve that, that state, then you, you, have, you have achieved what is called shamatha. Okay? You're making the mind stay, ta, ne, on the object of, that is peaceful, that is not chaotic. Okay? That is a shama, that is a she. Okay? And once you've achieved that, and you're able to go back there whenever you want, it wasn't just one-time experience that you had, you know, 20 years ago or a few years or last week, and then you're very excited about it, and you just can't, don't know how you got there, and and the only thing about it is just a nice little memory. I did it once. I did it once. Like somebody who's, uh, you know, like a high school, uh, not a high school kid, but somebody who left high school 20 years ago, or 50 years ago, and in high school they, they, they were like the, the the greatest athlete, and they keep going back thinking that they are still a great athlete even though they can't do anything now. So, you want meditate, your meditation experience to be something that you did 20 years ago, that you say, oh yeah, I did that once. I remember my stay on an object for, for a whole minute. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, you can make it, 
it's just, my, okay, where are you taking me now? Where are you taking me now? Where are you taking me now? <laughs> where you're, you're being dragged all over the place. You have no power to direct the mind whatsoever. Okay. Okay, what? you're not there, you're able to direct the mind. You're in front of the mind. You know, like that uh, uh, nine stage meditation poster where the, the meditator is now in front of the mind rather than the, the, behind the mind. And now, what do you do with that disciplined mind? It's a very beautiful state to be in. Some people make that, okay, I've reached this, I don't need to do anything else. I'm happy now. But you cannot, you, you, you're not going to be able to hold on to that state forever. Eventually, it will wear out and it will die. It will not be able to, you'll be finding yourself back behind, behind that mind again, being dragged around. So what do, you do when, what, what do you do when you have this fortune, this opportunity to be able to, to be in front of the mind? Then you look for the fire. What is that fire? Just look at things and look for the truth of what they are. And I'm saying this deliberately. I'm not saying go look for emptiness. Because right now, emptiness is a screwed up, messed up thing in your mind. If you go look for it, you just going to screw up and mess up your mind. Okay. Emptiness is not some uh, exotic object that some poets came up with. It's not some exotic object that some philosophers dream, dreamt of and created. It is simply whatever, whatever experience you're having, whatever is appearing to you, it's true nature. Whatever that is, that's, 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 that's what emptiness is supposed to be. And it's not even emptiness in terms of what's that word emptiness. I mean, is this the first time you heard the word emptiness? Before you came to Buddhism, you never heard of the word emptiness before? You never said the cup is empty? Of juice, ma. <laughs> you never, you never used the word empty before. I mean, empty. The word empty is not something that Buddhist, Buddhist created, and it, now it's making its way into into the West. It's not something that the Buddha invented, and somehow he, he forced the people in the, in the East to 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 start using. It's a word that you're very familiar with. And it was a word that the, the, the people at the time of the Buddha were very familiar with. Now, why did the Buddha, why didn't he come up with some exotic term? Like Kwashi Bur, you know? And what's Kwashi Bur? Oh, it's you know, the true nature of things. Oh, Kwashi Bur. And then, you know, then people can start writing treatises about it, you know, volumes and treatises about the nature of Kwashi Bur, a mountain of lapis lazuli to understand the nature of Kwashi Bur. A mountain of gold to sit on top of the mountain of Gulapis Lazuli <laughs> to explain Kwashi Bur. And then the very famous sun, the very famous moon. <laughs> we'll write a commentary on it. <laughs> and everybody else, the guy who came from the onion field, <laughs> he'll be writing books and then people will be just, you know arguing about what the guy from the onion field was talking about. Okay. <laughs> What's the nature of Kwashi Burr? And then people will be arguing about it's not Kwashi Burr, it's Kwashi Burr. <laughs> Kwa comes from Kwafu, which means that, and she is actually, there are two kinds of she, and Burr is, is, is really from the when you look at the sky at 3 o'clock in the morning, when you're in Asia, when you're sitting on the continent. <laughs> so, and then a lot of things, you know, commentaries about it. And then 
when you're, when you're trying to understand the nature of Kwashi Burr, then you have to read everything that famous Moon said, famous Sun said, the guy from Onion Field. You know, you have, you have to study those things and then you fill your mind with all the words that they said. And then when you're meditating, now you're finally meditating on the true nature of reality, which is Kwashi Burr. And what are you doing? You're just remembering, you're just trying, trying to just trying to make yourself feel proud. I know everything that the guy from the Onion Field said. On page 34, he said this. He said, Kwashi Burr is really from the word Kwa Burr, and he put the she in the middle to express that. Okay. Uh, for the most part, when the ma our meditation on emptiness is just like the meditation on Kwashi Burr. You end up just making your mind just more messed up. But Kwashiburg is a holy object. It's the holiest object in the, in the universe. You can't, you, should not, you shouldn't even say Kwashiburg in the same sentence with an impure word. Because you, get, you, go, you go to hell a million times after you spend a million eons there. Okay? And immediately, with no intervening thing in the middle. Okay, and you have to be careful how you explain Kwashiburg to other people. You don't want them to have the wrong idea, especially the guy who jumps around a lot, the way he explains it. <laughs> okay. Whenever emptiness is just arguments in your mind, not your own arguments, but other people's arguments going on in your mind, you're not meditating on emptiness. What are you meditating on? Other people's ideas. You're meditating on what the books say. And you could have meditated on what, what the Alice in Wonderland said. That's a book too. Okay. And, and how is it... Emptiness is an antidote. Emptiness is a psychological... Uh, It's a psychological tool. The Buddha was, wasn't uh, lost for word when he, when he, when he, did, when he decided to call it empty. I mean, I mean, can you imagine it? I mean, forget everything you've learned, right? I'm suffering. Why am I suffering? Because you're stupid. Why am I stupid? Because you actively think the, way, the nature of things is this way. Okay, then, what's the real nature of things? And then the answer is coming. Empty. Uh, or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm very sincere. I'm asking you a question. What's the nature of thing you're telling me? Empty? So why did the Buddha say empty? Exactly the kind of reaction that you would have if you were to hear for the first time. That's what he was eliciting. Uh, 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 Eliciting. Eliciting. I have to say it very slow and I have to look down. Eliciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was doing. He was, you wanted to draw that reaction from you, from that instinctual reaction from you. So right now I have to say, you have to do more study in order to, to meditate on emptiness for it to have meaningful impact on you, in your mind.
and the, the, and the study that you have to do is both self-reflection on what you've learned already and then also to get rid of all the bad ideas you, you came up with when you were learning about emptiness. You have to, you have to get rid of that also. And that's, that's your path right now. And you have to come up to a point where when you, you're thinking, okay, what is the true nature of reality? And then when, when the word emptiness comes to your mind, and there should be a shock. You should have a shocking reaction. Instead of I order, you know, <laughs> you have a very nice, very nice, very uh, wonderful, scared out of your pants reaction. Okay. Then you're getting close to understanding, understanding it. The Buddha, uh, the Buddha, in the books, the, the, the uh, texts, when they talk about what is meditation, they ref they always refer to it as a kind of tool you use so you can see the true nature of reality. The true nature of reality is always put in there, although you can make it on different things. But the real purpose is for you to see truth for what it is. So, how do you get to see truth for what it is? Discipline in your mind. Of course you will have incredible understanding when you read the books that the guy from the Onion Field wrote. Especially the book of Famous Moon. You know? They will give you beautiful understandings. And, the kind of, and when you're reading them, Try not to think that emptiness is in the letters. It would be wonderful if actually Famous Moon could actually put emptiness in the words. If you actually put the experience of emptiness inside those wonderful uh, commentaries. But you're not going to find emptiness that way. The only way to find emptiness? What is emptiness? What is emptiness? Are you throwing this stuff at me? Huh? <laughs> what is emptiness? Yeah, the true nature of reality. Always remember that. What is emptiness? Oh, uh, uh, well, according to the textbook of the Goman College, I don't want to hear that kind of answer. I mean, okay, if, if you want to have a scholastic debate, okay, you can quote what the textbook of Goban College says, what the textbook of Sarajay College says. But if you want to have, if you want to get to the reason why the Buddha threw out that word in the first place, you, just, you have to say, it's the true nature of reality. And what is the true nature of reality? What did the Buddha say is the true nature of reality? What is the true nature of reality? <laughs> 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 
Okay, may I, let me answer the question for you by uh, asking you a question. Do you know the true nature of reality? That's the true nature of reality. That's the true nature of reality. <laughs> do you know the true nature of reality? So uh, what do you? What, what's the full way of full sentence? Okay. So what's the true nature of reality? That there you go. That's the true nature of reality. That's what it is right now. That's the experience of the true nature of reality right now. What is it? I don't know. That's what it is. Okay. And, and according to the Gelupa presentation of Chantarakirti's text, the true nature of reality, what is the true nature of reality? <laughs> You've read it. According to the Gelupas, especially the Serame knowledge. Control, give me one point. <laughs> if I say that, <laughs> okay. Lack of inherent existence. My God, what is that? <laughs> the lack of inherent existence. I know I've used the word empty before, before I even got in contact with with Buddhism. But I don't think I've ever gone around talking about the lack of inherent existence. Come on, can you pass the lack of inherent existence? Give me a cancer image. Well, there's like 14 of them. <laughs> the, one that, the one that is connected with, with, with us directly. He now lives in, uh, spend half of the year in uh, Connecticut and half of, one third in Washington and the other third in. Uh, Wow, that's a bad math, isn't it? Half over there and <laughs> 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 Okay. After half, whatever's left, <laughs> part of it in Washington and part of it in India and other places, okay? That you may consider the chair. He was giving a, a, he gave a very long teaching on, em on emptiness. And then at the, very, at the very end of the teaching, and he's now talking about how, how you now meditate on emptiness. And he said, when you're sitting down meditating on emptiness, and you're not just reviewing what you heard anymore, now you're going for the experience. Forget about the words lack of inherent existence. you get stuck with that word for a long time. I mean, it's very exotic, very appealing. You sit down meditating on, on, on emptiness. And then you reach that point, you've done the preliminaries, the lack of inherent existence. How do I get to that? And then you're just remembering everything everybody's told you, and then you come up with a conclusion. Ah! They lack inherent existence. And you get up and you go. And you're very happy because you remembered it. And somehow you, you, you did the necessary math and you came up with lack of inherent existence. And you do that the next day, and the day after, and the day after. And you keep remembering 
they say that when you understand emptiness, when you see emptiness directly, these incredible experiences happen. And you're waiting for these incredible experiences to happen. You don't see them. Some of us make them up. We make them up. Ah, that itch was actually a... Uh, <laughs> it was a profound experience. It was a divine experience. And you go around, I had the itch. <laughs> okay. And then and someone said, I, I itch too, but <laughs> no, you didn't have the itch. <laughs> and eventually, uh, after some time, you know, the mind, here's something that is mind, mind, what's that thing? Mind, mind boggling. Boggling, yeah, mind boggling. I can say that well, I still look at you. Mind-boggling. The mind has the habit of staying on something. The, now the mind will naturally stay somewhere. Even though we're trying to meditate, the mind runs away. Okay. But the mind's nature, the mind wants to stay somewhere. Like if it's in motion, it wants to stay in motion. If it's not in motion, it wants to stay not in motion. And why does the mind do that? Why does it do that? Because it believes it has found truth. The mind doesn't want to stay in falsehood. Okay, that was... Aren't we here because we are stupid and, we, and, we, and the mind is holding on to lies about the true nature of reality? What is this guy in a red suit saying? The mind stay somewhere because it believes it has found the truth. That's why it's staying there. What's the with that guy? Did you have enough to eat today or something? Yeah. The reason that the mind is staying here, the reason that the mind is staying in this place where, this condition where it's suffering, is because the mind believes it has the truth. That's why emptiness is psychological a psychological tool you have to show the mind hey you have you you have not found the truth and when you have convinced the mind that you have that it has not found the truth the mind will not stay there it will move you don't have to get a crowbar and you know and pry the mind away from from what you have convinced it to be to be false The mind will naturally move away from it. Oh, 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 why, did, why, why did I bring that up? Well, the mind will naturally stay where it, where it is because it has truth. Oh! The mind naturally wants to know truth. It's a truth machine. Truth finding, truth liking, truth, uh, truth seeking, uh, truth abiding, truth wanting <laughs> it's a truth something machine it wants truth so when you keep going around I know uh, I, I think I found truth and I have the divine itch 
<laughs> and eventually, the mind will come, will, you know, without you, you know, having to do anything, the mind will just come to know that, wait a minute, I know itch, and I know this itch, and there's nothing really special about it, because I've had this itch before. So I don't think this itch is anything any more divine than the itch I've had before. Without you trying, without you telling the mind, without you forcing the mind to get to that conclusion, the mind will come to that conclusion. Of course, it will happen unconsciously, and what will happen? You will get bored with the divine itch. You will find yourself being empty. You will find yourself wanting to do something, but you found the itch. What is there left to do? then you will become very, 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 very paranoid. I'm going to die, and the itch wasn't divine. i got to find truth now. So you dive into books. You go back to where that got you to where you are right now. You want to know truth? This is what those who said they have found truth, this is what they say they've done. They discipline their minds and they just look at the, what was happening. And they looked at it without any prejudice, without any preconceived ideas of what it's supposed to be. Not even the preconceived idea that it lacks inherent existence. the reason my insistence on you getting some experience with meditation. I don't want you to spend a lot of decades trying to get somewhere that you really want to get to and then only becoming unconsciously disappointed, which is worse than consciously disappointed. It's the saddest thing to be unconsciously disappointed. You just drag yourself. Okay, I gotta do that meditation where I'm fully divine and pretending to be a Buddha. That was such a big. I gotta dissolve every ends of the world and my mind. And uh, experience the world as bliss and dive into the inseparable bliss nature of the world. Okay, let's go. So, here to the answer, here to the answer. Here to the answer. to this thing. <laughs> Enough entertainment. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so let's do that. Have that intention. 
Okay, I want to know. I want to know this thing, the true nature of reality. I want to know it now. Why? Why? <laughs> because I'm tired of this this way of existing. So the guy in the red dress said, "Discipline your mind." Okay, that's okay, man. That's you're gonna, you're gonna get disciplined. You're gonna get disciplined. <laughs> what is discipline mind? I tell you to stay there and you stay there. Alright? Somebody coined a nice term for it and the word I used to use, I'm not gonna use it anymore because I think it freaks people out. Okay, it's ah, oh, forgot. Sorry. There you go, sorry, you're not gonna get it. It was just there. And I lost it. <laughs> but something about what I just said, get that emotion. Okay. And tell the body, okay, body, I'm going to meditate. So chill. I don't want to hear anything about you're uncomfortable. I don't want to hear anything about there's a pain in the knee. There's nothing I can do about it now. Just leave me alone. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to deal with this, with this, other, with this other one. The mind. <laughs> this is the training. <laughs> Stay in one place. Okay, this is a metaphor, okay? That's you. You're about to discipline the mind. You stay in one place. And the mind is running around. You stay there. Don't go after the, don't go after the mind. You see where it's going, see where it's going, and you say, come here. And the mind looks at you. <laughs> the mind laughs. What do you say? <laughs> and look at him, you say, come here. And he's just standing there, he's not running after me, waiting for me to come over there. And the mind tells you, okay, <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Wait for the. <laughs> and what do you do? Don't get upset. Don't yell at it. Don't get the belt. <laughs> Stay there and repeat yourself. Mind, come here. And say it with such confidence that you know the mind is going to come. Okay? And you have to keep, stay, keep doing that a few times. But never lose your temper. Never get discouraged. A year later, the mind will come. When I say it, I mean a year later, you know, you, you do it now, you say it once, and a year later, you say it again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sorry, that, that's what you thought? <laughs> I mean, come here, come here, come here. Of course, if you once in a while, you say, come here! <laughs> okay, I lost my temper, okay. Come here. Keep doing that. Every morning. And while you're working, come here. While you're uh, uh, taking a cab, while you're on the subway, come here. The next day, the day after, and a year later, the mind will come. But if you get angry, 
the man said, oh, I got him. Look at him. Okay, so that's it. That's the uh, metaphor, the visual. Okay? So we told the body to stay put, be cool, be chill, not go after the mind. And when you feel, and, and how do you know the mind is about to, okay, I'll come close. And it comes close to you, and you get excited. It's coming. Look at that, it's working, it's working. <laughs> and then the mind looks at you and says, uh, sight. <laughs> What's that? That's, you start to have those moments of that, uh, what do I call it? Sense of ease coming up. Don't stop until it's absolute bliss. Okay? Until the absolute bliss, you don't have the mind yet. Keep telling the mind, come here. And when you're able to look at the, see the bliss, okay, okay I got the bliss. And then you try to look away. <laughs> And it's still there, and you keep testing it. It's still there. <laughs> then you can go after the fire now. Okay. Then you can go after the fire. What do you do with the fire? Take the mind, the clear mind, and just look at what reality, and see what it what it tells you. Meditating on finding emptiness is not looking at reality. You are inherently lacking self-existent. You are not self-existent. You are not self-existent. Meditation of emptiness is not one day convincing yourself of that. Okay? Just look at, look, look at reality for what it is. Okay? All right. No, really. Let's go. <laughs> What's five times sixty? Three hundred. Three hundred times sixty. Eighteen thousand. Okay, we got eighteen thousand seconds. Let's go.
18,000. And just stay with that, whatever level of peace you're experiencing. <coughs> it's very nice. It's wonderful. And think of those who have no conviction that they can ex ever experience peace. Embrace them. How do you embrace them? Sincerely wish that they can experience this peace. So they can come up with the conviction. Ah, peace is a reality that can be experienced. with conviction, give them this peace, give them this taste of peace. And have the smile of confidence that you've given someone who had lost faith in peace, the conviction that peace is a reality that exists. your dedication and slowly bring your attention to the breath staying aware of the breath staying <coughs> aware of the body Especially for those of you who like to fly, <coughs> begin with the top of your head, then slowly become aware of the rest of your body.